Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you want to find a written version of the roundup with links to all the stories I'm about to discuss. Let's go to our first piece of the week, LGBT folks brace for evictions. NBC News reported on a new study finding that 19% of LGBT people are currently behind on their rent, which is slightly more than the 14% of non-LGBT people who say the same. This is a startling fact as eviction moratoriums put in place by the federal government during the COVID-19 pandemic have recently come to an end, meaning that uh, in many cases, uh, landlords are free to start evicting folks again. LGBT people, especially those of color, are more likely to uh, rent rather than own their home compared to other adults, meaning that this is an important issue for the LGBT community in the coming months. LGBT folks of color were also more likely than their white peers and non-LGBT people of color to say that they were behind on their rent and that they feared being evicted within the next couple months. Our next story looks at research on trans youth and cis siblings. Urology Time shared new research that compared trans youth to their cisgender siblings. It found that the former faced significant mental health disparities compared to the latter. For example, the trans youth included in the study were more than five times more likely to have received a mental health diagnosis and were also more likely, although not to that extent, to utilize mental health services and be on related mental uh, medications compared to their cisgender siblings. The study also found that most trans youth started pharmaceutical gender-affirming care once they hit 18, Uh, rather than starting before that age, which researchers say could indicate limited parental support for them accessing this type of treatment. I found this study to be really interesting because we don't have much research that that compares folks from within the same family, which certainly uh, removes a lot of the, you know, potential variables um, since these folks have the same the same upbringing, presumably same access to healthcare. But of course, we know with all the barriers that trans youth face, including from within their family and the medical system and society at large, that it, you know it's it's upsetting, but not surprising that these disparities were found within families. Next up, Lil Nas X receives award. The AP reported that Lil Nas X has been honored by the Trevor Project, an LGBT organization focused on youth suicide prevention. They cited the artist's openness about his challenges with coming out and mental health, as well as his advocacy for LGBT issues as the rationale for him receiving their first ever Suicide Prevention Advocate of the Year award. The Trevor Project's most recent survey found that more than 4 in 10 LGBT youth had seriously considered suicide within the past year, framing mental health as a key issue facing the community. And our next story, HIV vaccine fails. Medscape reported on a recent trial on an HIV vaccine that sadly failed to produce results, even as interest in a potential vaccine has certainly increased since the development of COVID-19 vaccines last year. 
heavily funded developers of COVID-19 vaccines did in just months what has not been done in uh, 40 years of HIV history. And even as this particular trial failed, another began keeping uh, the hope alive that an HIV vaccine is still a possibility. Still, some suggest a renewed focus on proven prevention methods such as PrEP is needed since the vaccine could be a while, um, a, a ways off still. Also, I think we've seen during the COVID-19 pandemic that just having a vaccine be developed doesn't mean that something instantly stops as a problem. So certainly these other types of prevention methods are going to be needed. And I think it's interesting that even though there's been a lot more um, attention to the idea of an HIV vaccine, certainly in the media, it's something we've covered here um, on the podcast and in our blog as well, that we we can't let that uh, distract from using prevention methods in the meantime. Next up, exploring facial masculinization. LGBT Health published research on facial masculinization options for trans men, a topic that researchers say is less commonly discussed than facial feminization for trans women, but that offers similar benefits. Research suggests that these benefits include, um, with respect to mental health, of course, someone having their, their gender identity affirmed and looking the way that they want to look with respect to their gender identity, um, but also increased social acceptance and therefore less instances of discrimina- uh, discrimination and victimization. And I think, you know, it's really easy to see how experiencing less discrimination is going to impact a lot of different areas of health because you're more likely to have a job, to have income, therefore to have access to, to health, to housing, to um, to nutritious food. So easy to see how, how the benefits um, from this type of treatment exceed the, you know, any kind of initial medical benefit. In addition to to summarizing the different types of procedures that are available, this article also discusses the growing options for insurance coverage, which is obviously very important, um, as well as strategies for providers to contribute to advocacy around broader acceptance and coverage of gender-affirming care. And in our final story of the week, state insurance lawsuit to proceed. On the subject of insurance, Reuters reported that an appeals court will allow a case to proceed against North Carolina's state health plan, which decided in 2018 to exclude all types of gender-affirming care, even counseling, from its coverage. While states sometimes enjoy immunity from such challenges, the court ruled that the state had waived such privileges by accepting federal funds to bolster its plan. Health uh, advocates for the trans community will still have to proceed with the case and prove um, that this policy violates the anti-discrimination provision of the Affordable Care Act. But as we've covered a lot here on the podcast, um, the Affordable Care Act has increasingly been viewed as including LGBT-related discrimination and its ban on sex discrimination. And that's been bolstered by um, the Supreme Court decision that applied employment sex discrimination law to trans and uh, gay and bisexual individuals. Well, that wraps up another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you want to check out any of those stories for yourself, and I hope that you'll subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already so that you won't miss next week's edition. Thanks for listening.